Welcome to the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast, a free resource for gymnast parents and coaches to learn to fuel the gymnast for optimal performance and longevity in the sport. I'm your host, Christina Anderson, and I'm a pediatric and adolescent registered dietitian, sports nutritionist, a former gymnast, a current nationally rated gymnastics judge, and a wife plus dog mom. I help gymnasts and their parents learn to fuel without the stress or overwhelm so that they can reach their big goals and dreams both in and out of the sport. We want to help parents take a proactive approach to nutrition, and to do so, this podcast is all about hashtag real talk, where we tackle tough subjects about nutrition, body image, and more in the sport of gymnastics. All right, let's dive in. You're listening to episode 76 of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast. Hello and welcome back. It feels like it's been a while again since I've been in the studio. I've been trying hard to stay on top of kind of batch recording because I don't know about you, but life feels super crazy right now. The program is going incredibly well. This honestly is one of my favorite times of year just to see how nutrition can make such an incredible impact in gymnasts in terms of their performance, their endurance, putting together their new routines, getting to compete at the next level. Um, but I have something that is kind of on my heart that I want to talk about today that has been coming up lately. Um, just in, in the DMS in like question boxes that I've gotten on Instagram and even just, um, kind of conversations that I've been having with parents. And that's this, this one phrase that I hear parents say all the time. I often hear pediatricians use it. Um, if I had to think kind of back to maybe the origins of this phrase and where it comes from, I probably first heard something like this, you know, in reference to, you know, the bros at the gym who are trying to get bigger, right? And you'll maybe hear something called like a dirty bulk, which that's basically a term for where you just eat whatever the heck you want and try to gain a massive amount of weight that for someone who's doing bodybuilding or something like they hope that it's, you know, all muscle, but that's just not how it works. But anyways, this one phrase I'm talking about is when people say stuff like, well, she needs to gain weight, but she needs to eat healthy calories. Or, you know, we want the weight gain to come from healthy calories, or we want her to have healthy weight gain. And I don't like this phrase. I understand the sentiment, right? I understand what you're trying to say, but I think there's a couple things wrong here. Number one, it is definitely not the message that we want to send, which I'll talk more about at the end of today. But number two, it's just not actually how nutrition works. It is true that calories are calories. Calories are a measure of energy, a measure of heat. Um, a calorie is actually the amount of heat it takes to raise water like one degree Celsius. And so I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and misinformation in the nutrition world and a lot of what I call magical thinking, especially in the gymnastics world, where people think that certain foods, you know, if they're quote unquote healthy, you won't get fat, you won't have inflammation, you will be healthy, it will burn fat, you'll be lean, right? Like healthy versus if you eat these unhealthy foods or unhealthy calories, it's going to cause excessive weight gain and stick your body as fat and blow up your body with inflammation. And the thing about nutrition is it's just never that black and white. And I know some of you are already listening to this and you're probably thinking to yourself, this girl's crazy. I'm turning off this podcast because she's full of absolute nonsense. And here's the deal. I'm not dumb, right? I've spent my whole career working in 
nutrition. I have multiple board certifications. I've taken so many science, physiology, biochemistry, organic chemistry courses. Like I really do understand nutrition. And here's the deal. It is true that there are some foods that are objectively more nutritious than others. And how would I define that? I would say foods that have, you know, a higher proportion of vitamins and minerals and nutrients and antioxidants and things like that versus there are certainly foods that are objectively less nutritious that don't have as many kind of additional benefits. Those foods still provide energy. Even the foods that are objectively less nutritious, they still provide energy. They still provide some sort of mixture probably of carbohydrate, protein, and fat, the main building blocks of everything that we eat, and they still can benefit the body. And so I think when it comes to fueling high-level gymnasts, especially gymnast training 20 to 30 hours a week, especially those who are underfueled and struggling and broken and injured and all the things, we have to recognize probably these three truths about nutrition. Number one, your gymnast has to be eating enough. This matters more than anything, more than the amount of fruits and veggies she eats, more than how healthy she eats. If she is not getting enough nutrition to close that recovery gap day in, day out, she's not going to heal. She's not going to recover. She's not going to repair. She's not going to grow. She's not going to develop. And she's not going to fully adapt or get better, stronger, faster from her training. And I think this is where so many parents get tripped up because all you've ever been told your whole life is to feed your kid healthy, right? Feed them healthy calories, make sure their weight gain is healthy weight gain. And so I think so many parents, especially my kind of young, high-level elite track gymnasts, you're just completely duped into only focusing on healthy food, only focusing on clean eating when you're really missing the boat. Your kid is not getting enough nutrition. And here's the deal. When your gymnast needs 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 calories a day, that is a lot of food. And if you were to eat that 100% perfectly clean, I promise you, you would overdo it from a volume perspective because of the fiber, the water, just the sheer volume of the food, probably before your gymnast has actually consumed enough overall calories. And I see it time and time again. Um, I especially see it anytime we have a vegan or vegetarian gymnast, because by default, you know, vegan and vegetarian protein sources tend to be plants. And so they already have more fiber, more volume, more water, just kind of more density to them. And so especially for those athletes, they can get really full easily before maybe they've even had enough nutrition. So again, it's just kind of another area where we just have to be cautious and make sure that we're focusing on the right thing. I think truth number two is that your body's wise, your gymnast body's wise, and it's going to prioritize the nutrition to where it needs to go. And when a gymnast is massively underfueled, if they're underweight, if their height is stunted, or if they're simply just underfueled for what they're doing, especially if we've been injured, we're stuck, we're struggling, we need to re-nourish them as quickly as possible, especially if they are going to remain in the gym and do gymnastics, because this is a safety concern. If your kid is underfueled, it is already a safety risk to let them go to gym. They're already damaging their body day in, day out, and not getting enough nutrition to actually keep up with that repair recovery. And I will say like on occasion, we have to pull gymnasts temporarily from practice when they're trying to navigate a struggle, like an eating disorder, or even when just a feeding issue, mental health struggle is so challenging that they are at least for the time, you know, physically unable to get the nutrition they need for their training. And if you know me, and if you've worked with me, I hate this. It is probably the worst part of my job. I love gymnastics more than anything, 
but it's my ethical duty as your provider, if I'm working with you to keep your gymnast safe. And so again, at that point, whatever the situation is, whether it's a picky eater or we're dealing with side effects of ADHD medication, or your gymnast just doesn't have a big appetite, which often comes from underfueling, we have to get enough nutrition in them. And this is something that took me a long time to learn. I remember probably my sophomore year of college. Um, I think I was in some sort of pediatric nutrition class and the professor was a pediatric dietitian. And I remember one day the class having this huge debate about like whether or not schools should be allowed to provide chocolate milk. And I remember all I ever heard, you know, in college and just kind of general public health nutrition advice was stuff about sugar and sugar sweetened beverages and how we shouldn't be serving milk, like chocolate milk and juice and all this stuff because too much sugar, blah, blah, blah. And I think I said something like that and the professor like ripped me a new one. She was like, when you have kids who are already starving, who are food insecure, who aren't getting enough nutrition, that chocolate milk has carbs, it has protein, it has calories, it has calcium, it has a lot of vital nutrition that they may not be getting otherwise. And I remember being so annoyed at her. I was like, you're a dumb dumb. You don't know anything. Um, and then of course, like we all usually get humbled when we actually have to put our, you know, money where our mouth is. When I first started my career as a pediatric dietitian, I realized that it is hard to get kids to eat and it is hard to get them what you want them to eat. <laughs> and when you have a kid who is maybe struggling with a medical condition or medication side effects or just whatever's going on, oftentimes you have to throw out kind of your perfect ideals about nutrition to make sure that they are getting enough. And that matters more than anything. So if chocolate milk is part of the solution for your gymnast, all right, bring it on, right? So all that to say, you know, I think there's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect where um, it, it basically it's the more you know, the less you do. <laughs> and that's certainly how I felt about in my career to this point. You know, if you'd asked me, you know, young Christina as a, a nutrition student in college. Yeah. I thought I knew it all and I knew exactly what to do and what was best and what was healthy. And you just had to do it. Right. <laughs> and then when you start working with children and parents and everyone has their own, their own thing, their own preferences, their own lived experiences, their own kind of socioeconomic status and whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's real humbling needless to say. So Again, I don't want you to hear this and think that I don't care about nutrition because of course I do. Of course, I want your kid to eat a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods. I want her to learn to love veggies. I want her to eat the salmon. Like I want her to know not just how to fuel, but how to nourish her body because you and I both know that she's not going to do this sport forever. And obviously, in theory, if you are eating enough for what you're doing in the gym 20 or 30 hours a week, and if you quit, then yeah, you shouldn't need as much food as you did, but... The irony is most gymnasts aren't eating enough for what they're doing, which then creates massive issues down the road, which we'll talk about. The third kind of truth here is we often can't work on the nutritional density of food and variety until your gymnast is adequately fed. And that's a really interesting thing that I have continued to observe in my practice is that when gymnasts are underfueled and they're picky eaters, if you try to force them to eat the healthy stuff that you want them to eat and they don't like the brain perceives that as a threat. So if you put a bunch of broccoli in front of your picky eater gymnast who is just overall not eating enough and is biologically hungry, 
in some ways, the brain perceives that broccoli as a threat. The brain is like, "Uh uh-uh, that is not what we need right now. In fact, that might kill us. You know, give us the, the sweet treats, carby stuff, like give us the stuff that we know provides energy. And that is simply just a survival response. And so I always tell parents of picky eaters, especially those who just feel so down and defeated that their kids aren't eating healthy enough. They don't like veggies. You know, they've tried all the things. I'm like, look, forcing and coercing, those are not long-term successful strategies, which is why we don't do that in our practice. But I said, number two, we have to get them eating enough first before we do anything else. So all that to say, I think the bottom line here is we just want to be careful how we talk about food. We want to view nutrition in the right kind of priorities. And we really should consider removing healthy versus unhealthy from our vocabularies because that can help keep food more what we call emotionally neutral. And I know that sounds crazy, but why does it matter? It matters because when we label foods good and bad, when we label them healthy and unhealthy, especially for very type A perfectionist gymnasts, what we often see is the result of that is gymnasts who really struggle with their relationship with food and body, with food sneaking, with binging, with overeating, with guilt and with shame. And to be honest, I would say a lot more of my upper level, like level 10 and college gymnasts struggle with those things than they do anything else. But it often stems from how food was talked about and presented from a very young age. And then it just gets really bad and messy, you know, during puberty and afterwards. And we have to remember, you know, we want to fuel these gymnasts and I love gymnastics with all my heart but it's temporary. And your kid is probably going to live a lot more life as a normal person versus a gymnast. And so we want to make sure that what we're teaching them about nutrition, how we're supporting their relationship with food and body is something that will last them years beyond the sport. And that's why I always say that, you know, if you choose to do the balance gymnast program with us, that is an investment, not just in their gymnastics career, but in their life. And something that I get flack for on occasion is, just the fact that I talk about these kinds of things. You know, people are like, why are you talking about this? My kid, you know, shouldn't have any problem with food. Shouldn't have any problem with her body. Why are you talking about these things? And I'm like, look, have you seen social media? Have you seen TikTok? Have you heard the stuff that they're teaching your kid about nutrition in health class? We have to take a pro- proactive and preventive approach to nutrition because the current messages out there that are rooted in diet culture and restriction that is not it. It is not helpful, especially situationally, the high level gymnasts. So with that, I hope you find this helpful. I think this is one, another one of those episodes that kind of gives you a window into my heart and my values and, you know, how I've kind of evolved over the years. Um, I'll tell you that if I listened to this episode, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago when I was in college, I would have said that girl is a dumb, dumb and doesn't know anything. But again, the more, you know, the less, you know, and I think for any parent listening to this, you know, as soon as you have your own kids, you're just immediately humbled in thinking that you ever knew anything about parenting and raising and feeding and keeping a kid alive. Right. And I think it's the same thing with fueling a gymnast. So with that, if you would like our support, we are currently enrolling for the balance gymnast program. This is our three month live signature in-depth nutrition coaching program for level five through 10 and elite gymnasts and parents. It is absolutely amazing. It's my favorite thing. You can look at our website. You can go to some of the podcast episodes in the show notes here, 
and listen and hear what other parents have said about the program. But we go through how to build meals and snacks, how to layer on performance nutrition, how to adjust, address growth and development and puberty and nutrition to protect against injuries, inflammation. And of course, all throughout the program, we talk about how you can raise your gymnast to have confidence and competence with fueling her body. Because again, that is just something that is going to transcend beyond the sport. We do a ton of bonus workshops um, for every cohort of the program. We often do at least one cooking class per cohort, which is one of my absolute favorite activities because I feel very passionate about educating gymnasts about nutrition through experiential learning versus just lecturing at them. And so, yeah, it's amazing. So you have questions, just go to the show notes. Um, You can also feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram or shoot us an email. And I would love to hear what's going on with your gymnast and share how maybe we can work together to support her big goals and dreams. So with that, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Gymnast Nutritionist Podcast sponsored by the Balanced Gymnast Method course. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. You can find any links that we mentioned in the show notes of the episode and also how you can work with us. If you're looking to learn to fuel your gymnast for optimal performance without the stress or overwhelm, feel free to email us if you have any questions. You can reach us at support at christinaandersonrdn.com, share what's going on, and we'll get back to you. Or you can learn more about our programs by going to our website, christinaandersonrdn.com slash work with us. Bye for now.